So, what's what prompted this new this new podcast is a is a question that I had about the 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 pre the race that was that just finished. You're shaking Ulrich's hand. You're talking about at the debate that was held at the Knights of Columbus, the one and only debate during the general election. There's a photo of me in the wave, and the wave and Mark Healy, the editor, did a great job, I thought, moderating the debate. But there's a photo of me in the wave shaking his hand at the conclusion of the debate. Right. Yeah. For those for those listening who don't know, Jalen Carter, Mike Scala. All right. So let's 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 talk about that. Okay. I thought like we we like we said before, or I said before, I personally wouldn't have sh- shook his hand. Okay. Because, not because of being like petty or um, you know anything like that, but because of the jab that they that they levied against you in the campaign of you being racist. Mm. To me, to me that is going over the top. Is is a is an over the top um, type of insult. That's not just let's play some politics and throw jabs back at each other. That's that's over the top. That's something that you know I have issue with. Well, I certainly do too, and I appreciate that sentiment. I think it's a good question. Should I have shaken his hand? And you know, it's not about looking back at the campaign and trying to relive the campaign. It's about what is, the, I guess, the appropriate action in a circumstance like that going forward, right? Because this, I think, is in the context of dirty campaigning and, you know, how should people conduct themselves during a campaign? And I think it's appropriate to have uh, this kind of conversation, uh, you know, about this kind of thing. So I do appreciate that. Uh, my frame of mind at the time was we just had a debate I kind of spanked him. Um, he, quite frankly, sat there and took it like a man. He didn't rebut uh, the way the debate was set up. We each had an allotment of time to answer each question, but we were permitted rebuttals uh, that we were able to use, especially if somebody addressed the other. I would use that opportunity a few times to clarify points or uh, respond to things he said. He chose not to use any of his rebuttals, very strikingly. Um, he didn't criticize me or respond to the criticisms I levied on him. So uh, when appropriate, I kind of spanked him in that debate and he took it like a man. And uh, so I shook his hand. You know what I mean? I thought that that was a way to express that, yes, I had to land my jabs. I did that. Um, we, we, we did that. But the theme of the night, the reason why we were there was to talk about the issues affecting people's lives. And that was the reason why we got in this race to begin with, at least uh, that's why I was there. And I kind of wanted to show that, that I was going to be a bigger man. I was going to be civil about it because I'm not here uh, for the smackdown. I'm not here to be petty. I'm here to represent the people. And I wanted to to show that, you know, civility uh, would rule. So I, I guess that's where I was coming from at the time. But I can see the point of view where, when someone is being as petty as they were on that side, uh, maybe you should put your foot down and say, I'm not going to validate you at all. I think, I think, um, that's, that's, you know, people say, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's politics as usual. Uh, it's politics. That's, it's a dirty game, that type of thing. 
mm-hmm. but to 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 go to to the position of racist right that that is that to me that's that's a step beyond you know we're no longer playing a game this is this is something that's very personal this is something that's very deep and this is something that's pretty major it's not a card to play it when it's not true right. it's not something to play to play with just to um you know get a couple of extra votes cuz this is something that could potentially follow that person sure for the remainder of their career or the rest of their lives sure. when it's played out in the public right and so no and, and again i think a that's issue. a ver- a valid point to bring up now when the accusations were made we obviously shot them down right away i mean i went as far as calling him petty <laughs> on facebook in my response um, and that's not something I normally would do. I don't throw around the word like that lightly, especially when we're talking about an elected official. And that's the other thing. I do have respect for some of the things that he accomplished in office. And I don't want to make it seem like my experience with him is going to color permanently You know the way that I think of him on the whole. Because I, 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 I know I'm biased. So if other people want to say, that made them lose all respect for him. I think that's well within their rights to say, but I was trying not to do that because uh, you know I'm inherently biased because I'm the guy. So of course he's going, going to be coming at me. I was a guy who was trying to take his job. Um, now I agree they crossed the line, but I guess I feel like that decision as far as where the line is, is, is maybe more in the hands of, of others than someone who's actually in it. So like I said, I responded. I, I called him petty <laughs> for doing it. Uh, but then I tried to move on and focus on the issues and not let that define the campaign. Right, and and I, I get that part. You didn't want you you don't want the whole campaign to be talking about uh, whether someone's racist or not. You're you're gonna you know that's just drawing the spec you know um, drawing the focus away from from the issues. I just me personally. I would not have shaken his hand at that point. I would be like, yeah, you know, we can stand here next to each other, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to um, extend my arm for someone who would use that type of attack, that type of an untrue attack, right? Um, just to get some eyes and ears on the campaign. Right. Like, well, let's talk about people. Let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about for those who might not know what exactly happened, at least from our perspective. Um, And again, this is something I certainly brought up at the debate. So it's not like I let them say this and didn't have any response for it. Um, In my closing statement, in fact, I talked all about uh, what what I considered dishonesty on their part. And that certainly was a a big part of that. Um, It started with a flyer that they produced at a press conference. This was very staged. I mean, you know, the whole press conference, uh, Halal Sheikh, who was the uh, second place finisher in the primary, uh, who lost to us, stood next to Eric to endorse him. And, you know, which isn't surprising. Not well, figuring. I, I don't know about that. I mean, may, maybe not surprising given the history of what happened in the primary. And I think it's a topic for a whole another podcast. But right, right. Yeah, I think it is. But yeah, continue. But I guess yeah, I guess surprising wouldn't be the right word for it, but still, I think noteworthy that this is a Democrat endorsing a Republican, and why? I mean, 
you have to look at these things. It's not about, I think you can do the better job. I mean, that's like the standard go-to line that everyone's going to say. But what's really b- beneath that? I think you need to think about that. Is it and, and bitterness I think for, we should for be losing clear. the primary? Is it for politi- you know, political purposes? Uh, what would you say? Right. I was, saying, I was saying, I think we should be clear um, that it's not just for the sake of saying a Democrat supporting a Republican that, you know, like a like if that Republican could do a better job, then yeah, so be it. But saying that, you know, a Democrat supporting a Republican, period, is an issue. It's an issue of why he was supporting it. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. I think you always right. want to look at what someone's motive really is. So. Right. Be that as it may, he was there at this press conference and they produced right. a flyer, a very poorly designed flyer, by the way. And if, you, if you've seen our flyers, I think you knew that this is not something we would put our name to just on the design alone. Right. OK, but but that's really besides the point. The point is that this flyer uh, had my picture in the middle of it and it said something like. Yeah, I probably should have the article up in front of me so I can see exactly what it said. But it said something to the effect of uh, Halal Sheikh has radical views. If you don't vote, they win. And, you know, basically Mike Scala is the only choice for Rockaway or something like that. And the allegation was we were handing this out in Rockaway during the primary uh, to insinuate that Muslims are terrorists. I mean, that's basically the suggestion they were trying to, to make with that. Right, he's not one of he, he's not one of us. Yeah, quote unquote extreme views, which is interesting because <laughs> the halal sheikh campaign sent out mailers talking about extreme views of me and William Ruiz, the other primary opponent. Uh, that's a phrase that they use consistently. We never use that. That's a phrase that Eric Ulrich's campaign also was using: extreme views of the Democrats. We never right. never use that that phrase. Um, but again, it appeared on this flyer, and they were saying that we gave it out in Rockaway, uh, bef- you know, before the primary. Now, why Rockaway? Well, it could be the fact that we got sixty-nine percent of Rockaway in the primary in a three-way race, and so they produced this flyer after the primary, saying we were giving it out before the primary as a way to discredit our primary win and try to explain away why they did so poorly and we did so well in Rockaway. Um, right. And that's where this kind of whole, you know, quote unquote, racist type, uh, you know, angle uh, began. Uh, they were insinuating that we were handing out or someone if, you know, tied to us was handing this out. Um, in spite of the fact that nobody saw this ever. Don't you think that somebody would have seen this flyer in Rockaway or, you know, when it was being distributed, allegedly? Uh, somebody would have come right. forward. There were people trying to stop us. I and mean, we were in a three-way primary. There were other people who were trying to stop us. Uh, everyone in Rockaway knows this. Somebody would have come forward and, and said, hey, look what Scala and his people. Look look, look what's being handed out on behalf of Scala. Not a person right. saw this until it was produced at this very stage press conference with weeks before the general election. Right, um, and they it would have showed up on the internet. It would have showed up, of course, you know, during the camp. It would have showed up during the the campaign before the the primary. Of course, like, of course. You know, now, especially something like that. Yes, no, absolutely, and it sh- and it should have. If if it was out there, it absolutely should have come to light. You know what I mean? Um, right. But it didn't, and it was obviously staged. Now I don't know how many people were really fooled by this. I think most people who were looking at this uh, closely and were really following this knew that this was a fake flyer, uh, but it was still something that they were trying to pursue. And I know that they 
kept giving it out in the South Asian community as a way to try to get South Asians to vote for Eric, the Republican. Now, it didn't really work because if you look at the results, we won that constituency. But, you know, maybe it was responsible for for some votes here and there. I don't know. I do know that when we were campaigning in Ozone Park, um, it wasn't something that came up with the voters that we talked to, but people who were allied with us were saying that they were hearing from other people, hey, wasn't Scholar the one responsible for that racist flyer? So, you know, so word was getting out there a little bit. Uh, I don't know how much, but, you know, it, right. it made some kind of impact, I guess, locally. Right. And and like I said, and that type of angle, when it's not true, to me, is a very big issue. Um. It takes a lot for for me to call someone for me to call right. someone racist. You have to have a lot of there has to be a lot of uh, of tra- proof, a big track record, you know. You could say someone, you know, discriminates mm-hmm. against someone, but you know, it's got to go up the scales. It's got to go up the ladder here, you know. You got um if they discriminate, uh, then you know maybe you get to bigot, and that that's before you get to then well, then racist, you know. And, and here's the thing: um, I mean, I don't know how much this is worth, but I think it's worth noting at least. Eric Ulrich, to my knowledge, never called me a racist, at least not publicly. Um, and I don't think, I don't think his campaign called me a racist either, though they might have. Uh, all I can recall is that they were attributing this flyer to me, that they fabricated, and they said it was a racist flyer. So, of course, they want you to think I'm a racist, right. but I think that is still a few steps removed, at least from Eric directly calling me a racist. Uh, f- for me, I don't think so. Like, if that would have been levied against me, I I don't think so. That's, that's like um, trying to remove responsibility um, by saying, oh, well, you know, I didn't do it. Right. It's just this. Like, well, no, no but you're absolutely. putting it out I there. I agree with that. I agree so, with that. But I also want to be clear that we're yeah, being so, accurate in what we're saying, right? He didn't say, Mike yes. Scholar, you're yeah, a racist. Yeah. But he did do things to try to infer that. Right. Right. And, see, again, people are like, oh, politics is dirty. It's, it's mudslinging is normal, et cetera, et cetera. But it is because people let things like this right. slide. Do you think we let it slide, though? And let I, me ask I, you this. Do, like, you, do you think we let it slide? Uh, no. I think it was, you know, you addressed it. I mean, you, it, it's a, the, the thing that's tricky with a, um, a racist type of uh, jab at someone is it's hard to defend against. You know, because you're going to say, I'm not a racist, and they're going to say, yes, right. you are. And then it's just back and forth. Um, so I think you did. You and know, that was what the campaign also was constantly um, advising me that, you know, of course, we categorically deny it. It's not true. We call it out. It's despicable. The campaign manager said that they lack principles. <laughs> That's what he said. This is coming from from a, a team of, of uh, operatives who lack principles altogether, which I think is a fair thing to say. Uh, but yeah. you don't want to get, like you said, into this back and forth because they're trying to make that the topic of the campaign. They want the campaign to be about, am, am right. I a racist? Uh, I'm not a racist. Well, I think you are. Well, that was kind of racist. I think you're a little bit racist. That was kind of racist. No, I'm not. I'm not really racist. That that They want that to be the the 
conversation to distract from the issues, to distract from the fact that he was supporting a constitutional convention and was pissing everybody off, quite frankly. Right. Um, so I think I think that was, you know, because we talked about this at the time as well. Um, but I think that was, you know, you handled that fine. Um, I, but I think uh, when I when I say letting it slide is I would have wanted to check him for that. Like, like, dude, this is not somewhere you, but you I did. should go. If you listen like, to the closing politics statement, is dirty because statement at that debate. Again, I said that I set it up by saying I want to talk about dishonesty. And I brought up all the dishonesty in the campaign. Right. And that was a big part of it. The racist flyer that they fabricated right. themselves. And there's an article that came out. I think it's in City Limits that uh says that the reporter tried to uh, contact their office and say, well, why was this produced so late in a campaign? And they didn't have an answer except to tell the reporter, it's not your job to speculate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so even wow. the media wasn't buying it. Um, but there was something on Twitter with the Queen's right. Chronicle but saying, you know, do you believe the Scala flyer is real? Do you believe that it was Scala who sent this out? Depends on who you ask. You know what I mean? Like they were trying to play that up. So it, it gained some traction. Whether it had an impact on the race or not, as far as the, the final votes went, I, I don't know. But it was part of the discourse. And that's right. what I was embarrassed by. Uh, not for anything I did. I was embarrassed uh, that this is this is part of, of our you know, political life and, and that they went there. Um, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I, that's, that's why I, I couldn't have done the handshake. Like, you brought this in purposely knowing what you're doing. Like, that's I, – I wouldn't think – that any of them are less than intelligent. Well, so they know that the impact of what they're you might trying be giving to them a little too um, much credit. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean this is this is a a point that I also wanted to bring up related to this. And you know, a few minutes ago, I talked about how I didn't know whether their campaign was directly calling me racist. I didn't think they were, but I quite honestly had to block uh, Eric's chief of staff and communications director from Twitter at one point, only because they were draining my battery with all of their constant tweets at me all day long. Um, and at first I was amused by it. I was like, wow, these guys are funny. But it's not really funny when you consider the fact that these are government employees. I'm paying them with my taxpayer dollars. We're all paying them to go on Twitter and spread misinformation. And they were saying some pretty despicable things. And I don't think you should just chalk that up to being, this is just the spirit of campaigning and politics is a rough sport. No, because when you're fabricating things and when you're spreading misinformation, you're not just bringing yourself down, you're bringing democracy down in a sense. You're bringing all of us down. And right, and, and, right. Right. and so I do think that that needs to be called and out. And we're already, and we're already so far into a territory we shouldn't be in on on a national political discourse level local political discourse level and it keeps going further like it like we need to rein that in and to me you know shaking shaking eric's hand for me would have been like oh okay Mm. yeah good game you know when no it's really not a good game dude you 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 need to step off of that because that's not true you know it's not true right. and you're bringing down this whole this whole process and i'm so just supposed to smile right. afterwards right 
So that was that. Like I said, that was. No, that's I just understand me. that perspective. I, I certainly yeah. do, and it's, I think it's an interesting conversation to have now. And again, not about what would we have done differently or, or trying to relive the past, but about right. the future. I mean, and not even about me or him, but two other right. candidates who are in a similar position. Do you validate someone or to what extent uh, do you check them on that? Again, I think I did it verbally and I think that's why I shook his hand because right. I felt like I, you know, I laid the smack down on him and he took his beating like a man. And I, you know what I mean? And so I, so maybe in the newspaper, you just see me shake, shaking his hand. But if you were there in the audience or if you were watching the stream of it, you saw me beat him up for that a few minutes before that, you know, and, and he didn't, and he didn't right. deny it either. Um, uh, he he, he kind of deflected it, but he didn't respond to it, and he didn't attack me. He didn't try to say, no, uh, you actually are racist, or I do think you did this. I flat out said that his right. campaign was spreading lies, and he sat there and took it, and then he said something like, well, I'm not going to respond to the mudslinging because people also said things about me that weren't true, and he just went into his own speech. But, you know, basically, he let me say what I had to say about what he was doing, and Maybe he was sitting there thinking, I deserve this beating right now, and I'm going to sit here and take it, you know, whatever. I don't know. But the, the bottom line is that he did take, take it, what I had to say. You know what I mean? He, he didn't try to punch back. Right. Um, so he, he sat there and let me right. punch him <laughs> over it. And so I shook his hand like, you took your beating like a man. Yeah. But in my mind, I wasn't letting it go unchecked. But I see how the visual of that, if, especially if someone only sees the newspaper article with me shaking his hand, you know, maybe it's like I'm I'm validating it, and and that's what's gonna be, yeah, that's what's gonna last a lot longer than the, the moment in the debate is gonna be the photo, and people are gonna still you know, sitting back, uh, a casual observer will just look at that and say, oh yeah, see all these these guys, um, they talk all this stuff about each other, but yeah, they're all the same team. They're you know just what? Somebody hands, said just, basically you know, the same good. thing, even before that, and it was an interesting comment that I read online where somebody said they were talking about our race and they were like yeah these guys are are beating each other oh, yeah. up uh verbally yet they're all phonies that's something like this is why i don't even vote because you know like they, they're saying all this about each other now but after the election they're all going to be smiling and shaking hands and, and being friends and right i found that to be interesting because i kind of thought that people wanted politicians to be able to work together and put their differences aside after election day and not be so petty, not be so bitter, kind of to take the high road. Um, at the same time, I see how when someone goes so low, you, you're, you're kind of validating their behavior in a sense by being so willing to let it go and just kind of chalk it up to politics. Right. And I think we chalk up so much to politics and it's just no matter how deep someone goes, it just gets thrown in that it's politics bin. Mm -hmm. And like I even I, I had written um, I had written a, a blog post about, you know, the the presidential race and how after Trump won, he's talking about, OK, you know, she wants to try to bridge the gap. And it's like, no, you burn down. You burn down the landscape. You don't get credit for bringing things back up if you're able to do it because you were the one that destroyed it. It's like taking a blowtorch so, to the whole terrain to me, and then wanting credit for planting some seeds and, and getting some grass to grow. Exactly. Like, no, you don't get that. You have to own up to what you've done. And so, and I think, 
in in these campaigns, politicians need to be held to that standard. I think it's another thing that um, that voters uh, it doesn't sit well with voters because they see this right. this nastiness and it's like yeah the, here it goes again. I'm you know I'm burned out on this. Um, and I think people do want politicians to be able to put their differences aside and work together, but you don't, you know, you don't cut each other's head off and then smile while the blood's dripping right. from your mouth and think that and everything see, is good again. Um, you don't do it in the first place. This to maybe even my cynicism because I quite honestly never got personally offended. Maybe that's not true. Right. I mean, maybe I got offended but not to the point where it affected me on an emotional level. You know what I mean? Um, and you know me personally. Right. I don't really get that angry or, like, worked up over things. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty calm kind of guy. Um, yeah, yeah. The people around me, I can say, were very upset. They were very upset when they were suggesting that we were doing racist things or that I was a racist or, you know, any of that. Um, and, again, maybe it's my cynicism, but... I was kind of laughing it off, like, wow, these guys are really desperate to be going there. Um, and I was almost a little flatter, like, right. they must see me as a real threat. And we have to put this in context here. Uh, they were nervous, you know, th- and that's why I think it got so ugly, especially considering the guy only got 53% in his last election. And he had all this heat on him for right. political decisions he was making and so forth. And so he felt right. like his back was to the wall. And I think that's why they got so desperate and why they did the things that they did um, not to excuse it but I, you know i just wanted to get that context out there um and i was aware of that so you know in my mind it's like hashtag winning you know what i mean uh in, in, the, in the moment um right I, I wasn't i wasn't like steaming over it uh and maybe i should have been maybe i should have been right but, right uh, I, well no i think i think having that you know that level head about it is a good thing so I just think, like I was saying, just that that point was was one that I that would have stuck right. with me, like, um, just because it's like that is a point that especially even especially now with everything that's going on, especially when there is real racism happening and there are real issues that stem from racism that's been happening generationally and has been coming to light more uh, currently. To, to use that as a plaything to me mm. is offensive, especially um, coming from being being African American. Like yeah. to play with that yeah. type of allegation, you're right, is offensive. You're right, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have shook his right. hand because of that. Like, and maybe that speaks to you. I mean, how many being people? more affected by it than me? You know what I mean? Maybe that's why it would cut deeper yeah. if it was you. Yeah, p- potentially. But you know, so, like my mindset was Yeah, that that would have I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm going to stick to the issues. I'm not going to let this campaign be taken down to that level. Right. I didn't want to be the guy who was like stomping his feet saying, "I'm not going to shake your hand because you called me a racist." And and like this made that like a bigger story than it 
was. I kind of wanted to just kind of like roll that off my back sure. and say, no, I'm here to run a, a legitimate campaign about the issues. I'm going to put you in your place when I need to, but then I'm going to shake your hand and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. What you sh- Kind of like to set the example, to show people what it's supposed to be, to show him how it's supposed to be done. You know, Right. Right. And, and, I, and I get that. And I, I, I definitely get that. And I'm not saying like if it were me that I would have like thrown a right, tantrum right, right. or anything. Um, you know, it would have been very civil. It would have been very succinct and to the point. But like, uh, no, I think I'm going to have to decline on that. You know what? And um, I never you know, we can said this, this to picture. anyone before. But in that moment when they were taking that photo, he actually asked me, do you want to shake my hand? Which I think is kind of telling. Hmm. Because he wasn't so sure about yeah. it. He, yeah, he was yeah, like, "Do you want to shake my hand?" <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I would have been civil about it. It's just I would have been like, "That, no, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. I can't do that." You know. Um, it's like, you know, like shaking Trump's well, hand if he's, you know, the president shows up somewhere and just like, "Oh, hey," you know, no, I, I'm sorry, I can't do that after everything that you've said. Um, it gives me an insight to what you're willing to do. I, you know, I, I can't stoop down to that level, you know, and just let it pass. Not not create a right. fight, not create any kind of right. argument or any kind of scene. Just, yeah, right. sorry. And politically also, you know, to the Wave's credit, they never ran with that narrative. All of the shenanigans, you know, all the right. stuff that they were putting out there and trying to get press coverage on, the Wave did not say a word. I think right. they were the only paper. But did not say a word about any of right. that and stuck to the issues exclusively. And I give the wave a lot of credit for that. And this was a wave debate. And Definitely. You know, the moderator, Mark Healy, didn't bring any of that up in his questioning. I affirmatively brought it up when I felt like I needed to. But there was no coverage in the paper about that. And, you know, I was mindful of the fact that if I told the wave at that moment that I was not going to shake his hand because of the racism allegations it would have been a bigger story and it would have made it into the wave that this is what I was doing. Sure. And again, the conversation would have shifted back towards is Mike Scala a racist or isn't he? When a lot of the waves, in fact, all of the waves, sure. readers, that's the only paper that they're reading. They didn't get a word about that because the wave was above that. And I wanted to be above it. Right. Right. And, and, and yeah, you, you definitely could have done, um, done the smarter thing doing what you've done, doing what you did. Um, and it could go either way, yeah, because it would have brought it out more right. in the paper, definitely. Because then they'd be like, "Okay, well, why didn't Scala shake his hand?" You know, and then now we got now they have to write mm-hmm. about what the story is. And you know what's really crazy, also, and I, so, I, I mean, brought I, this I, up I at it. the debate too. I was actually on my way to speak at a mosque when they were doing their press conference right. uh, about the flyer that they fabricated <laughs> that they attributed to us saying that I hate Muslims or whatever. I was actually on my way to speak at a mosque, and that's just how crazy you know, all of this stuff right. is. Right. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk about the so. rap stuff? I mean, people listening may not know. You introduced yourself as Jaylon Carter, but you're timid. Uh, of, of course, <laughs> we've done a lot of music right. together, and they used a lot of the music uh, that yes. we made together. In fact, they took the Inferno video, uh, basically wholesale, right. and turned it into an attack ad uh, against me. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we knew, even going back to 2012, we, we knew that 
some opponent was going to try to use uh, mm-hmm. rap against you. And I think we've always been prepared for that. For that. Um, and not, I think, I think it's important to note that it's, you know, they're trying to paint it as being a rapper or doing hip hop is some kind of uh, bad thing. Without saying know. that. Um, but, right, without saying that. It's like, it's like, oh my God, did you know that he used to right. be a rapper? That was like, the angle. And again, yeah. they tried okay. to use so? racism, in my opinion, to get in the paper, to generate coverage on it. Um, but I don't think that was the message they were really trying to give people. I think it's exactly what you said. They were just trying to call attention to the fact that I rapped. You know what I mean? Right. And 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 that attention is to say that, okay, look, this is something that's that's uh, negative. This is what degenerates type They were do, otherizing thing. me. Like, no, they were trying it's... to tie me to the hip-hop community. They were using that, I think, as a proxy to tie me to James Sanders, Senator Sanders, uh, because I worked for him in the Senate, just tie me to Far Rockaway, tie me to mm-hmm. Milan Taylor and the Rockaway Youth Task Force, and say, I'm more like those black guys over there than us on this side of town. In my opinion, that was the message that they were trying to get in people's heads without saying that. Right. He's not he's one of not, us. He's not yeah. one of us type of thing. And what, what, what I find amusing is like, um, they put it out there like like you were trying to hide right. hide this. Like we never never tried to hide you know that you did hip hop or that you do hip hop, that you write rhymes or, or any of that. It's Yeah, they were they were acting you know, like they were uncovering a big hide. scandal. <laughs> like look what we found. And then somebody somebody was right. like, I can't believe he didn't take it off social media. Is he that stupid? Like he did a rap and he left it online for the world to see. This guy is not too smart at all. Not realizing that this is Look. very publicly part of who I am and I'm not ashamed of that. It's nothing to be ashamed of, you know. It's an art form. It's 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 a culture. It's something that you and I and and millions of others around the world grew up in, grew up around, um, and it's again, it's trying to paint it as mm-hmm. an as an other. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was an actor and a bodybuilder. Right. Ronald Reagan was an actor. Al Franken was a comedian. Who Bill might not Clinton be the best played the to, to played the saxophone. Point, right. You know, um, people have artistic interests and artistic pursuits. So and to, the voters, I think understood that in fact when i was in howard beach i think the weekend before the election this woman said oh mike scala i wasn't gonna vote for you i didn't even really know much about you uh, but now i'm gonna vote for you because of uh the attack ad that eric did about your rap stuff and like how petty is he basically to put that out there and try to use that to take you down and so i think it actually backfired and and got us more support or at least uh, generated more energy around our campaign Hmm. Yeah, just this that idea, like to to bring that out, like it's some kind of a an issue. Well, I took issue with the Queen's Chronicle headline that said Scala has come a long way since rap, and it had like a long way in quotes. And in right. fact, the cover of that newspaper right. had uh, Eric in a suit 
next to me in a Yankees hat from the Inferno video, like in the middle of spitting a rhyme, um, right. to try to draw attention to it, like you know, like look, like look at this scary rapper, basically. And I understand that they were trying to zero in on specific lyrics, and right. in some cases take them out of context, and others take rhymes that weren't even mine and, and say that I said them, but I didn't. But right. I think the the bigger point is look at this rapper do you really want someone who rapped representing you in government i mean i think right. that's really what the underlying message was and the article right. made it sound like i was trying to distance myself from hip-hop which i hope i didn't do i mean I, that certainly was never my intention i did talk about in my response to all this i talked about having matured as an individual because we first put out a video called Councilman 180 where we showed positions that he flip-flopped on while being in the city council. And then they came back and said, this is Michael Scala 180. We're going to show him flip-flopping, quote-unquote, by showing him going from a rapper to a lawyer. And I was like, but you're just, you're just showing a natural progression or, or natural matura- you know, uh, maturation or whatever of, of, a, of a person, um, someone growing as a person or improving themselves and trying to compare that to someone actually in office changing their position. So it's basically apples and oranges. But the newspaper took me saying that and ran with that as the headline and made it sound like I was saying uh, that I've come a long way since rap. Like to say that like um, like it's I'm somewhere better, to come. Yeah, like I'm better than, than a rapper now. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't the point I was trying to make. I, yes, I, I improved myself by becoming a lawyer and an officer of the court and the Democratic nominee for city council. These are all improvements I've made to myself and, and accomplishments that, that I've been able to, to have since uh, rap was my only outlet. So I was in, you know, I, I got myself to a, a better place in life. But to act like uh, being a rapper makes me a bad person and, and now I'm a good person because I don't rap, like that was not the message at all. Right. And, and, and that's, you know, you don't necessarily get that with um, other types of art, right? Um, where that's they try actually to a very, a very interesting point, and and that's something that I thought of myself. Um, so if if I were to say you know these lyrics, uh, but instead of instead of being in a rap, if if it was part of a play or part of a movie. Nobody right. would be quoting them in the newspaper saying, no. look at these horrible lyrics he said you know, or, or lines he said in the play. Um, and he's come such a, such a long way since he stooped to that level. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Also, I don't think people would be so quick to take things out of context if, if it was delivered in a different uh, art form. I think that in hip-hop, there's a tendency to take everything at face value because it's, it's, it's almost like saying that like, if you're rapping, you're not smart enough to have nuance. That's kind of kind of how I feel like people take it sometimes. Like, I can tell a story, and, and this is what we did, uh, and in fact, and this is well documented. You can look at videos of us talking about this. We have, like, storylines in our music where uh, we'll have a certain perspective, and then a song or two later, we'll talk about how that perspective uh, was wrong or how, you know, we learned a lesson from where we were. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's nuanced. It's layered. There's a story arc to it. There's usually a point to it. Um, but in hip hop, it's so easy to just say, well, he said this one particular line, therefore this defines him because you can't possibly be smart enough to have nuance or to have a, a real lesson because it's delivered in that, in that form. Right. Um, uh, and, and yeah, that, that speaks to the, to 
some of the lyrics they were pulling, um, they weren't even taking the context of the song into consideration. Like the song was about redemption. Right. Uh, and it was speaking from the point of view of people who have been in a bad position and they're thinking they're rethinking that action or how they feel in that position. Right. Um, as particularly the lyrics that they quoted, they said were yours, which weren't yours. They weren't um, even my lyrics. <laughs> they weren't even your, your lyrics. Um, and on the recording is clearly another person rapping them. But <laughs> right. even that character, even that position that he was rapping from was of someone that's caught themselves in the justice system and right. the feeling that they're going through and what they went through and kind of um, reflecting on how that was uh, the wrong decision. Those decisions were wrong. But they pull out the one line and say, well, look, look what look what was said. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, but you're not listening to what's happening. Right. And even the lyrics about uh, women and they were saying these are massage, you know, th this shows that I'm a misogynist or whatever. That's out of context also because karma was a big theme on my album. And this is my solo album now. Uh, right. And I have a line on that album. And I know they didn't dig this or, you know, care to dig this deeply. But there is a line on that album where I say, I'll joke about mistreating women until the one I love is mistreated by someone else. Now the joke's on me. And it kind of right. comes full circle where this, it's a character. The character in the beginning of the album is talking recklessly uh, about women, about how he treats women. Like he doesn't have uh, you know, high regard for the women in his life. Uh, they're disposable right. to him. And then he finds himself in a situation where the one he actually cares about is being treated that way by other guys. And now he realizes the error in his ways and how this, you know, uh, how this affects people. And, uh, and he says it. He has a moment of reflection on the record. So this is a whole story that's being told over the course of an album. Uh, and they're completely disregarding that. And they're just taking the section at the beginning where the character is, is talking reckless. And they're saying that represents me and my views towards women. And, and, and it shows who I am as a person because I dare to tell the story. Right. And I think you have to take you have to take everything in context, and and that happens in, in other things as well. But I think particularly um, people outside of hip hop, or they they want to look at hip hop a certain way, um, and if they're not into it or they don't understand it, they don't want to understand it. Uh, they they can easily make these mistakes, make these issues. And to be make, fair. I think in music, nuance and telling a story and saying things that are even outrageous uh, are rewarded more than they are in politics, right? Like you can't get right. too nuanced in politics because you don't want to say anything you don't want to see on the cover of the New York Times, right? Like right. in politics, opponents will try to take things out of context. In music, you know, in art, you're allowed to be artistic right it's because it's, it's two different right. worlds it's, it's you know you on, right. on, on one hand you're rewarded for doing this and on, on, on the other uh you're not you're punished for it right and i think and, and on the same idea like to be, you know of being fair um the the air of the of an mc or a rapper is a little bit different than than other music genres because the majority of 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 mcs are writing their own lyrics Right. Um, so, with a singer, they're 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 um, 
their art, their selling point is their voice and the way that they that can utilize their, their instrument. Whereas with, with rappers, um, their instrument are their words. And so um, it's usually a representation of yourself or a way you're, t- you're telling a story or the message right. you want to get across. Right. And, and maybe um, I portray characters more than some other rappers do. Right. I mean, it's something that I like. To, it's like a device that I like to employ. I have a song called right. Perspectives. Uh, you know what I mean? Like where I talk about, right. uh, di- you know, th- three different verses from three different characters. Like it's something that I like to do as an artist, uh, whereas maybe more, maybe the rappers that a lot of other people are used to hearing are more straightforward. And what they say is more their truth or, or, or whatever. But uh, it's, you know, it's, it's something that I've always liked and, and tell stories throughout the course of an album. Like I, I've always intentionally done that. Well, yeah, that's that's definitely, you know, for people who are not familiar with with uh, hip hop, they see one thing, one dimensional piece of it when there are various different types of of writers and artists who either, you know, write stories, they write uh, fantasies, they write truth, they write passion. It's, you know, if you're looking at it as one dimensional or you're only used to, to seeing the the spectacle, the outrageous spectacle, and you're taking that as a representation of the whole, then you're going to be taking everything out of context. You're, you don't know what you're talking well, about. They took the Inferno video and while they were playing the video, they said that I glorified drug use. Now, right. this is something that... They should have been able to, and this is why I question whether they're intelligent. I, you know, I, I really don't know. I don't know if they did this intentionally or they just didn't understand because they're not hip-hop literate you know, or just not smart enough to get it. But in that very verse, this is, this is not something that even requires a lot of context. You don't have to listen to the whole album or even the whole song. Like, If you listen to what I'm literally saying at that moment, I'm talking very clearly talking about someone else who is wasting away his life on drugs. I say uh, he gets his check, he doesn't save his money, and he burns some weed. Uh, and I'm saying right. that he's he's stuck in this cycle. He's he, you know he's got no career. He's got no prospects. He's miserable, and he's just smoking his life away. And, and that's what he's doing with his life. That is the right. opposite of glorifying drug use. Right. You know. Yeah. What I mean, and they put that on the video. He glorified drug use. Why? Because right. I mentioned the word weed. I mean, are you listening right. at all? Or are you just trying to take things out of context? Uh, was that Jay Z? Jay Z said, "Do you fools listen to music, or do you just skim through it?" Right. So. Yeah, that, you know, and I didn't really get that work. I get worked up about that. It's just like, no, it was it was clear what they were trying to do. And um, it was it was kind of messed up how they were trying to paint this, this that hip hop and this this rap thing was some uh, something that you should be wary of. Yeah. Look, uh, I, <laughs> I'm more offended as an artist than as a candidate. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I feel the need to defend my art more than I need to as a candidate uh, right. say, how dare you? Because like, as a candidate, I was like, yo, this is silly and this is pathetic and it's not going to work. And and the good news is that we spoke to hundreds of voters every single day. We had a very robust field operation. And I could tell you, I think three people out of the thousands of people that we spoke to even brought it up. Um, right. And two of the three said that they were still going to vote for me. Uh, you know, I think one person was right. the one I mentioned who said uh, they're going to vote for me now because of it. One person said, <laughs> "I saw that rap stuff, uh, yeah, whatever." But you know, I, I, I don't really like the, like rap, but I'm still going to vote for you anyway because I, I care about the issues and and, and you know, I, you you represent me more than the other guy does. And then one person 
that we heard from said that no, 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 Scott is the guy with the dirty rap lyrics. I can't, you know, I can't support him. But so we're talking about right. one person out of thousands who, who said that. And if you look at the the uh, internet comments uh, when he posted his attack video, uh, there were people turning on him, his own supporters, uh, on right. his Facebook page saying, "This is petty. This is low. I can't support you." And you just lost my vote. Somebody said. Uh, right. And in my response, you know, I had like hundreds of likes and, and supportive, a lot of supportive comments. And so I think that even though this was a low tactic that they employed, uh, it didn't really work for them. I think that it actually worked in our favor. And I think that's important that we say that because uh, this is not something that uh, people can do uh, to win. This is not, this is not a, a smart technique. It actually was, was a, uh, a stupid move on their part. Right. And, you know, it's just and it's not to say that, um, you know, people shouldn't uh, politicians running for things shouldn't point out the faults or the issues with their opponent. Right. Uh, but it should be something that's going to be truthful, uh, something that is truthful and something that is going to be of interest to the voters because of it's truthful, because it's truthful. Right. You know? And that's something that we stuck to. I mean, we could have talked about his personal life or tried to smear him personally um, or tried to distract from the actual issues. But all of our criticisms, aside from when we were rebutting his criticisms, but when we talked about what he had done or what he had said, it was all in the context of public positions, uh, things relating right. to his job and to the right. representation of the people in the district. We were talking about right. the Constitutional Convention. We were talking about flip-flopping on actual issues. You know, we didn't right. say you said such and such uh, when you were in high school or, or, you know, whatever. Like, we weren't, like, digging up personal dirt. We were sticking right. to relevant issues, and I think that's important. Right. Yeah, and I think it it should be. You know, it should be that way. You should you're, – you're, the, the people want to hear about the issues, like – all of that nastiness and, and whatnot is part of the, you know, the, the the tiredness that people are going through when listening to politics. You know, the, the, especially these last couple of political cycles since since the, the the Bush election, where it seems like campaigns are going on for like two years, people are just burnt out of listening to the back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so we things need to be succinctly done. Let's get talk about the issues. Let's debate these issues and right. answer the questions instead of deflecting. Right. So, and I'm proud yeah. of our campaign for doing that. I think we ran a positive campaign. I think our criticisms were fair. I think they did a lot of things that were dishonest. And when they did that, we responded, but we didn't want to get into a back and forth because we didn't want that distraction. We didn't want that to become the conversation. So we try to keep it right. on the issues. Right. Yeah. So. Well, what are your thoughts on this? Anybody listening? Uh, should I have shaken the man's hand at the debate? Did I do the right thing? If it was you, would you have shaken his hand? Uh, I'm really curious to know what people think, because it's important to have these conversations. I've said this a few times now, but I'll say it again. It's it's about the future it's you know how are future right. elections going to look uh, are we going to right. allow this kind of discourse are we going to accept this are we going to demand more um as a voter are you going to accept this uh, you know these are things i think need to be brought to light continuously right and and 
and my not wanting to shake uh, the opponent's hand is not to say that opponents should be at each other's throat and hate each other, but um, that your criticisms should be above board and should be fair. Right. And if they're not, then you know you should be you should be called out on that. And that's something that the public, uh, voters and candidates should look down and say, look down on this person and say, you know, you know, that was, you know, you lost my respect for, for doing that. This is not where we want our process to go. We, sh- we should be doing better instead of things de-evolving into this type of stuff, especially where it's at now. Because, I mean, we're, we're kind of hitting the bottom of the barrel and bursting through to dig deeper into the ground mm-hmm. with the way the discourse has been going in politics lately so we want to bring that out of, we want to come out of that so. do you think that the local newspapers take some of this responsibility um, because of the courage you know I'm thinking back to the fact that most of the voters were unimpressed by all of this stuff but there were stories in the papers and that led to stories on social media etc so right should the papers n- have not covered it the way that they did um, I think mm, they should. It's it's a tough call because papers and and journalists and bloggers, you know, well, I think bloggers in a, a a slightly different category, but for newspapers, they need to um, verify these things before they put them out there. I mean, and and on one hand, you can say, well, they're reporting that he said right. this, and they use the word this alleged, campaign you know, said allegedly, this. And, and that kind of thing. So, so it's not on them to say, well, we're not saying it's true. We're just saying this is what this candidate said. Um, and I think it's it's that's a difficult thing to talk about. Well, there's it's a difficult that, thing to answer. But there's also the coverage that they choose to give it. Like one of the papers, sure had an entire front page story on it where they quoted a lot of my lyrics and like that was this like the week before the election right this was their front page news that uh right i I have these rap lyrics is that front page news is that the most important issue of the week in the district you know what i mean like should it have been given that much attention by the media right um maybe as an aside um Maybe it should have been more about uh, the Constitutional Convention. Should have been more about the the the, the special select bus service. Right. Should have been about the transportation, because um, these are the issues that people that are going to affect people's lives. Right. Um, but then, on the other hand, if they believe it and think this is an, a representation of your character, then I can see that they're trying to put that out there. But then it makes them biased and not impartial as um, reporters, right? And we're all people. I mean, obviously, reporters are supposed to be uh, objective, but they're going to report on what they think is more newsworthy, and that speaks to who they are, right? <laughs> so you can't you, t- you can't take away someone's own personal uh, views or interpretations uh, from anything. But well, that and that's kind of part in in an article I wrote about how this fake news label is being believed so so heavily, which that's a discussion for another sure, time as well. Sure, But, you know, I just go back to the fact that there was a whole story in one of these papers about my rap lyrics, but nothing 
about him flip-flopping on every issue. Nothing about, you know, his constitutional right. conventions. Like, the stuff that was actually, in my opinion, important and what voters needed to know about, right. uh, they were silent about. Uh, they didn't certainly didn't devote <laughs> that much space to it in the paper. But there was a, right. a spread and a front-page story about some rap lyrics. Uh, you know, should there have been. I, right. I don't know. Maybe I'm not the one to uh, to comment on this uh, because maybe, you know, I'm biased because I, I was the guy they were talking about. But I think it's something right. worth uh, discussing at least. Right. And if anybody, you know, d- agrees or disagrees with that point, we should, you know, we'd like to hear about that as well. Right. I do know there were a lot so. of people uh, applauding me for in our campaign for taking the high road and sticking to the issues and not going personal. There were a, a lot of people who said that uh, that he lost their respect uh, for doing that. Um, right. Now, he still thrived, I guess, because at the end of the day, uh, he's still in the council. He still has a job. So you right. can argue that he was rewarded for that behavior, even though I think that people who are really paying right. attention uh, – you know, they weren't phased by it, and if anything, it backfired on him. I think that uh, right. I don't think the negativity was the reason why he was successful. I, I really don't. Um, right. Maybe, maybe insinuating that I was somehow tied to De Blasio because De Blasio was very uh, unpopular in the district, and and uh, but I think that really has more, more to do with the D next to my name than anything else. You know, I think maybe that had more right. to do with uh, the result than this rap stuff or this you know the racism stuff. Um, but nonetheless, right. it was something and, that yeah. was still put out there, and I, I, I think uh, we do need to talk about it because it was put out there as at least an attempt to sway people's minds. Right, exactly. So I think um, we can wrap it up with that, especially sure. uh, we're coming up on the hour point here. Uh, uh, you are keeping track. I am too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keeping a watch of the time so uh, we don't wear people out too much. So I think it was, you know, Good to get it out there, and hopefully um, we hear back from some people and see what their thoughts are um, on both of the things that we talked about um, and anything else yeah. that um, you know they might might have thought about. And uh, we can address some things, talk about some other issues in some future podcasts. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, and with that, we shall bid them adieu.